Welcome to God's Five Minutes with Pastor Ed Wilson. Reach him at God's Five Minutes at gmail.com. Now, here's Ed Wilson with God's Five Minutes. Hello, friends. Nehemiah's eighth chapter describes how the Israelites, having been freed from Babylonian bondage and come again to their own land, and having largely rebuilt the ruined city of Jerusalem, had a gathering of the people to their capital city for the purpose of hearing God's law read to them in their own land for the first time in many years. Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding, and he read from morning until midday, and all the people were attentive under the book of the law. Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up, and Ezra blessed the Lord. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. They bowed their heads, they worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So they read in the book and the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense, and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah and Ezra said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Picture the scene. The sun, rising over the slopes of Olivet, would fall on the gathered crowd. There, with a new walls for a background, stood Ezra on his rostrum, and amid reverent silence lifted high the sacred roll. A common impulse swayed the crowd and brought them all to their feet, token at once of respect and obedient attention. Probably many of them had never seen a sacred roll. No wonder, as Ezra's voice rose in prayer, the whole assembly fell on their faces in adoration, and every lip responded, Amen, Amen. Hour after hour, the reading continued. In one sense, it seems strange such an occasion should have been needed after so many centuries of Moses' time to theirs, for what they were hearing was not Nehemiah's opinion, nor was it cleverly written political speech crafted by the intellectuals of the day to fit the public humor and calculated to coax people into supporting the ambitions and philosophies of those who saw themselves as fit to be their betters. It was God's law, ageless, eternal, forever holy, and forever just. Keeping it had been the single greatest duty of their nation and the guarantor of their national prosperity, in fact, a reason for being. To bind it on their hearts should have been their delight and would have been their life. But here, after all these generations, the best of the nation were assembled, so ignorant of it that they could not even understand what they were hearing. This is a telling example of the awful power worldly-mindedness has of dulling spiritual perceptions. One great lesson of Nehemiah's book is that neglecting God's law erodes our ability to understand it. Thank God that is not its only lesson. Just as important is the lesson of God's mercy to our failings and His wisdom in remedying them, even though their roots go back generations, even though they were egregious. Here in the truest sense is revival following the true way of bringing people back to God. Here the scriptures give us a pattern of how gospel leaders need to faithfully expound the plain truths of holiness and charity that lie at the heart of the Bible's great message without attempting to color them with their own ideas and opinions. Nehemiah shows us that God is pleased for us to understand his laws and insist on keeping them, of believing obedience to them to be the condition of our soul's salvation. The greatest burden of all public teachers of the gospel should have nothing to do with gathering riches or winning popular influence. It should forever be declaring clearly the sober truths found in the Bible. 
The occasion for this reading was at the beginning of the Feast of Trumpets, so when the tears and sorrows of repentance had been completing their cleansing function, the congregation's leaders changed their tone and called for consolation and then for rejoicing. In just that same way, those whose tears of bitter regret and pleas for forgiveness are apt to feel a swift transition from guilt and shame to the beautiful passion of joyful pardon and sweet deliverance, the natural heritage of the Christian, and the benefit of receiving God's way and walking in it. Have you talked to him today? You have been listening to God's 5 Minutes with Pastor Ed Wilson. Reach him by email at g-o-d-s-f-i-v-e minutes at gmail.com. Tune in next time to hear more encouraging thoughts from God's Word on God's 5 Minutes with Pastor Ed Wilson. The world is in chaos. You're here for a purpose. What does the Bible have to say about it all? I'm Mark Taylor, host of Crosspoint podcast and radio show, and I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I navigate the complexities of faith, culture, and personal growth. Each week, I interview a different guest who is making an impact on the culture for God's kingdom. Whether you're seeking spiritual guidance, true information, or a fresh perspective, this podcast equips you to discern truth in today's chaotic world. When Christianity intersects with everyday life, that's where you'll find Crosspoint, sometimes discussing the issues that some churches don't want to talk about. Look up Crosspoint with Mark Taylor wherever you get your podcast produced by KNO Radio and the Sky High Podcast Network.